Hey there, Warriors. It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 338. Okay, so to all of you gun owners out there, if you think that you're having problems finding available ammunition for your firearms now, imagine what things would be like in a true collapse where local or even national infrastructure is crumbling to the ground and it's every man, woman, child, and dog for themselves and a life turned upside down. Yes, it really can happen, and yes, I really do have some poop-hits-the-fan ammo crisis tips that are going to help you prepare now for this worst-case scenario. It's all coming right up, but hey, don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's free show notes, including your handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the main points. All you have to do is head on over to www.warriorlifepodcast.com slash 338 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk ammo. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Welcome back, Warriors. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com. And as I release this podcast, it's probably no news to you out there if you own a gun that we are in the middle of yet another ammo crisis here in the United States. And it's mainly due to two factors. So one is the current administration that we have out there. So we have a Democrat in the White House. We have a House and Senate that's controlled by Democrats. And that has triggered the they're going to come and take our guns movement again because we know that the left has already been talking about it. We get legislation put in all the time that is about gun control. And so when these things happen, we know that there is always going to be this flood of people looking to buy guns and buy ammunition before everything gets banned or taken away or whatever, right? So that's one factor. The other one is basically we've had over a year now of civil unrest, protests, riots, you name it. And it scared the bejesus out of everybody on, on that's been watching the news. And that has literally generated, I've heard different numbers on this, for anywhere from 6 million to 8 million new gun owners. Now, that's not people who have gone out there and bought a new gun. These are people who have gone out and bought a gun for the first time. So we have new people out there that are just now getting into firearms for self-protection, I have to imagine, right? So if you add any triggering event, Anything that could trigger a collapse, like an economic collapse or another pandemic shutdown on an even larger scale than what we've already seen, there are a lot of different triggering events that really could change the way that life is outside of our front doors practically overnight. And when that happens, there will be more violence. So under worst case scenarios, you may need more ammo than ever. And yet ammo may be completely non-existent because either one, it's all been bought out the way that we've seen it now and we're not even in a collapse, or two, stores are closed down completely, which we have seen because the pandemic really hit small businesses very hard and those are, you know, guns and ammunition. There's not a lot of, there's typically not a lot of profit margin in those things. So these little stores were closed down either due to uh, forced kind of quarantine or isolation or, you know, a shutdown because of the pandemic itself. And yes, things can get worse with the pandemic. Um, or people could be out of business. So we might have fewer resources available there. Or it might even be a position where gun stores are not allowed to sell ammunition 
or guns due to martial law being imposed. And we've seen this as well when when the Ferguson riots were happening. Local gun stores were not allowed to sell ammunition. They were they were forced to shut down because there was violence. So if the local government or national government even feels like there's just way too many um, violent protests that are going on or violent riots, they might shut down in those either in those hot areas or even who knows, even maybe nationally where they there's a shutdown on guns in it and or ammunition. So all of those factors are the reason why one of the pillars of your of your security plan is self-protection. And the best way to do that is with a firearm. But you have to take into account that ammunition might not be there. And a gun without ammo is basically called a club. Okay, so so what can you do if you're looking for ammo when the shelves are bare and prices are sky high or these things are not even made available to you? Well, I'm going to give you five quick tips in this podcast right now. All right, so number one, actually, uh, this is best phrased with a story that I just got back from Las Vegas. I was out there for a wedding renewal, and I was in the casinos, and I'll tell you, things are a lot different there than they are in Florida. For the most part, I think people were doing pretty good with staying kind of pandemic-friendly, but the casinos were still packed with a bunch of people. Now... There was one very loud craps table that was going on near where I was playing blackjack. And this guy was just, I I mean, he was just very loud. Like you could hear him over him. And there were people clapping and laughing. And and this guy was, so I went over to the craps table to go and see what he was doing. And sure enough, he was out there winning. And he was, because he was winning, he was also sharing all of his tips and tricks with everybody around the table or he was kind of bragging he was he was pump you know pumping out his chest and and thumping on his chest and he kept saying you got to take care of your faux show money before you go for your mo money and so he had a way of betting where he was basically covering his bets and then he knew when to go ahead and bet higher and when to bet lower he was taking care of his faux show money so same thing for you when it comes to ammo you've got to cover your faux show ammo before you go for your mo ammo. And so that helps you relax a little bit if you already have ammunition. So you're probably already doing something related to this when it comes to other elements of your survival plan. So let me ask you, do you keep your vehicle's fuel tank at that faux show mark of one third or one half full? Or do you let it go down to empty? You got to take care of your faux show fuel before anything else, right? What about food that you have available for any sort of hard times or if there is a sort of a collapse and you need anything there? Are you taking care of your faux show food? In other words, do you have some food in your pantry that is long-term storage or do you have survival food stored away? My guess is to both of those that you're, you're probably doing something related to those to take care of your faux show supplies. Well, unless there's a horde of zombies outside your house, you're going to need less ammo than what you think. I mean, even if you were facing like a violent mob, like worst case scenario, outside your home, there's a violent mob and they're looking to get to you and your supplies. No one likes to get shot. So you don't need that many bullets to go downrange if it really is a a situation where your life is in danger and you have to pull the trigger in order to protect yourself. No one likes to get shot. And one or two things is going to happen if you actually do discharge your weapon. Either that crowd is going to disperse and go away because 
I don't care if it's a 22, nobody wants to get shot, especially if it's a true collapse where even medical attention or first uh, first responders are not going to be able to get to somebody. Even the shot being shot from a 22 could kill you if you can't get medical attention. So either that crowd is going to disperse or option number two is they're going to burn you out of your home. Fire is the easiest way. It's the easiest weapon that people have, especially with mobs, to be able to take care of somebody that is armed with a with a weapon inside of some place that is even reinforced. One Molotov cocktail is going to put you and your family on the outside of your property. So either case, your ammo is no longer your best defense in either one of those situations. Getting out of dodge may be your best weapon at that time. So the lesson here is to make sure that you have some defensive ammo, but you may not need a mountain of brass that you're sitting on. You might be able to just wait until things die down, and then you can stock up on more because you got your faux show ammo taken care of. Okay. All right. Tip number two here is the most obvious of all of these tips, and that's to make your own ammunition. Now, reloading is something that I, I've been, I've always wanted to get into, and I, I can say that I haven't. Um, to me, it can be fun, but I just don't have time to do it. But there are a lot of people that listen to our podcast, I know, that are into reloading their own ammunition. So I know it can be fun, and it can be much, much less expensive for you on a like a per round cost overall. Now, there are some downfalls to this when you're looking at it from the standpoint of survival ammunition. So one is the cost. So a complete system for you to be able to do your own reloads just for the system itself is going to cost you around $500 to $1,000 or so. It can be maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. Maybe you can get it used somewhere. But it is going to cost you a little bit, and you do need to take that into account when it comes to the cost of your ammunition. So if you're not planning on using it, don't buy it. Or if you do plan on buying it as an insurance policy, go ahead and do it, but understand a few other things here. Materials may not be available when you need them. So again, if we're looking at survival ammunition, it's really more on like how do you stockpile over time if you're actually going to do it. Right now, even during the ammo crisis that we're in, even primers to be able to do your own reloads are short right now, and the prices have gone up. Again, you've got to take that cost back into consideration here. So you need to make sure that you do have materials ready for production when you want to use them. Also, you need to realize that it's going to take up some room to bring this system with you if you do have to evacuate. And you're not going to be able to just throw it inside of a bug out bag and take it with you if you need to evacuate by foot. But it is going to take up some room in your vehicle when you are going to evacuate there if you are going to take it with you. And then you have all of the supplies that you've got to take as well. So under just understanding those things. But if you're looking to build up over time and you are looking to put in that time and actually use it, it is a really good option to be able to make your own ammunition. There are very good courses out there that can help show you in a video format how to make that ammunition. Okay. All right. Tip number three is to choose or if you don't, if you already have something in this area to prioritize a multi-caliber firearm. Now, what I mean by that is it's a firearm that gives you more than just one option of type of ammunition if ammunition is scarce, or even if it's not scarce. I mean, you, you have multiple options for different calibers for the same firearm. So an example of this that a lot of people are used to right now is the judge, which is there's a revolver judge. There's also a rifle a version that will shoot um, in, in one version, a 45 
round, a 45 Colt round, or a 410 round, which is like a mini shotgun shell. So two very different types of rounds, but they'll both fit inside of the same weapon. Now, this isn't my preferred weapon for survival. I know some people are, are using this for like a survival round for those specific purposes, but it's not my preferred weapon because of the availability that there might be of those different types of ammunition. Now, a better example is the Henry Arms Mare's Leg. I like the pistol version of this. If you've ever watched, if you're an old school Western person, like, like I love old school Westerns as a kid, I used to watch them on television. And Steve McQueen, there was a show, Wanted Dead or Alive, and he had the Mare's Leg there, which was basically like a, a lever-action rifle that was sawed down to a pistol that he used to carry on the side of his leg. Now, what I like about the mare's leg from Henry Arms is that it will shoot three different types of 22 ammunition. So it'll shoot 22 shorts, it'll shoot 22 longs, and it'll shoot 22 long rifles. So this gives you a better option because, first of all, 22 ammo is less expensive when you can find it. It's going to be less expensive than 9 millimeters, 223, 556, anything like that. So 22 is going to be a less expensive round. It is easier to handle with someone with less strength. So if somebody that is older or somebody that is um, a smaller body structure, like a child. So a 22 caliber survival weapon is going to be a better option for those reasons. It also doesn't have as loud of a register to it. So if you do shoot it, it's not going to attract as much attention or give them your location as easily. So if you're even if you're using it for small game hunting, you're not going to attract perhaps attention using that round. And it does weigh a lot less than other ammunition if you need to take it with you. Okay. Plus the mare's leg, um, you can it, you might find it easier to find 22 shorts out there. So the smaller version of 22 ammunition than it is to find 22 long rifle. 22 longs are, they're not made as much these days, but uh, you might be able to find those as well. But again, you have those three options out there that if you do come across ammunition, that you have those options out there. Now, for me personally, I prefer something chambered in both a NATO round as well as 22 long rifle because that's going to give you that 22 option. But if it's a true shit hits the fan collapse, the one round I feel that I can count on because it's still being produced is going to be a 5.56 round for the military and for police. And I can beg or, or quote unquote borrow ammunition where I can find it. So I know that that round is most likely going to be in production and I might be able to find it somewhere, somehow. Now for me, this means an AR pistol for concealability because I can put this inside of my bug out bag if I need to. And what I do is I include a 22 bolt adapter that allows me to quickly change out the bolt. And now my weapon with the right magazine can also shoot 22 rounds or even without a magazine, I can still chamber a 22 in there and use that weapon for either the 5.56 ammunition or for 22 ammunition. Okay. Tip number four is to plan for zero ammunition. So for every element of your security plan, of your, of your, of your survival plan, you have to have a worst case scenario plan. So what if there was absolutely no ammo available at all? Then you really do own just a club with your firearm. 
So this means you must look at other means to protect yourself because things are going to be very dangerous at that point. If we reach the point where there's no ammunition out there, you can be sure that it's going to be more violent out there at the same time. So you do need a plan to be able to protect yourself. Now, my best recommendations are to start with the less lethal options, such as something like an expandable baton or a stun baton or a stun gun of some kind. I've I've talked about the stun baton, how I like that, because not everything is going to be a pull out the gun and shoot somebody sort of a scenario. You might just have your neighbors begging for food and then they get a little riley, but you're not going to blow them away, right? But you might need something to to show them to back off. Pepper spray is another really good option for less le- less than lethal options here. Um, nobody likes to be sprayed with pepper spray. In fact, I've talked to um, some people who have been. I mean, I've been sprayed with pepper spray before, and it sucks. I've been. I have not been stunned. I'm getting ready to do that. I think we're going to do a video on that. Actually, I think my my son is going to stun me. I might stun him. We'll see how that video turns out. But but nonetheless. Um, being stunned is going to back somebody off. Uh, pepper spray is going to really disable somebody. Okay, so it is a, a, a good option that you should always have, anyway. Now, for more lethal options to have that to have that ability, if it does come down to that, well, a knife. Yes, a knife. You, I mean, you're going to have a knife on you anyway, and I and it's part of your everyday carry, I'm sure. But a machete. Now that's a knife, okay? A machete has always been my best, my, my favorite survival weapon because if it is a, it does cover me across everything that I need. Now I'm not saying you can machete chop a bullet. I'm not saying it's, it's better than a firearm. But as far as survival weapons go, it is my number one backup that I have to my firearms. Plus it has a ton of other uses for survival that any knife or any axe or saw can do. And for defense, if you turn the machete over, so you're using the the spine of it now, it's now instantly a less than lethal option because instead of hacking somebody's arm off, that machete will just break a bone or hurt really hard. Okay, so now you have kind of that baton element there, but with the machete. So you can quickly turn it from a deadly weapon to a non-deadly weapon relatively quickly, just with a little flip of the of the wrist there. Okay, and tip number five here is to stop focusing on the bullet altogether. So you and I both know that the weapon is only as powerful as the skills used by the person behind it. Ultimately, it's not going to be a bullet that saves you. It's your training and your tactics. So take this time to develop that rather than just feeding any kind of delusional false confidence you have in your weapon, which a lot of people have. They figure, if I own this, if I own this gun, I'm protected. Not so. So, for example, most people aren't mentally prepared for violence. I mean, this is one of the reasons why, even though I sometimes talk bad about various martial arts that are out there, just training with another person in a class mentally prepares you for fighting another person, like a live, moving attacker. It's not the same thing, but it does better mentally prepare you for that. Well, the same thing goes for firearms training. Using dry fire at home with a 3D target, like a Bob training dummy or the super cheap do-it-yourself attacker target that I show people how to create inside of my Tactical Funhouse course, um, that's going to help you add more realism to your training and ultimately your tactics. And you can get better training at home than you can down at the gun range where you're using live ammunition and you're wasting that ammunition there. 
So make your training realistic. Use dry fire. Focus in on the tactic, on, on tactics instead of the bullets themselves. All right. Now, by the way, this, um, te- the, the tactical fun house course that shows you how to create your kind of your own at home tactical course that you can use for dry fire, but really make it fun, like exciting and fun, something you're going to want to do. It's a free course right now. We're, we're about ready to put it out there. Uh, for sale, but you can get free access to it if you sign up for the free masterclass that I do with my friend Ox, that where he shows how to make your at-home dry fire training more realistic and more effective, like vastly more effective. If you haven't taken that masterclass, again, it's free. You can go and sign up over at praxisclass.com. That's P-R-A-X-I-S class.com. Check it out. It is one of the best courses that's out there. You're going to learn a lot from that class. All right. All right. So the same thing goes like when it comes to like your self-defense training there. If, if you're talking, if we're talking about weapons other than a firearm, you still need to learn how to use them as best you can. So for the machete as an example, yes, it's very intuitive in how to use one. Same thing with a knife, but it's also intuitive in how to pull a trigger. So, yes, it can be done, but you and I both know that the better your tactics are, the better your ability to defend yourself. Anybody can pull a trigger, but not everybody can use that weapon, draw it very quickly, use it effectively, put your tactics behind it. That takes more than just being able to pull a trigger. So the same thing goes with all the weapons that you have. You need to be able to train with them in a realistic way that's going to help you in real life. So I created a DVD specifically for the machete because that's my number one backup weapon. It's called, that's the combat machete system that I have. And I show people how, I show people why the machete is so critical for, as a survival weapon, but I also show people how to use it in real life defensive scenarios. And it's not some fantasy walking dead bullshit. I'm dead serious about the value of the machete for survival and defensive purposes. I always had it with me in the military as my back, backup to my rifle in real combat. I always had it with me there as my backup. If you want to check out that that DVD, all you have to do is go on over to www.warriorliferready.com slash machete, and you'll find some information there, okay? All right, so that wraps things up, but don't be shy. Go ahead and leave me a comment on our blog where you see this podcast over at warriorlife.com, and let me know what you're doing to weather the ammo crisis, and if you have any other tips or tricks that you can share with our audience about If there is a true collapse, what are you going to do to be able to get ammunition for your firearm for personal defense? I look forward to hearing your tips over on our blog. And until then, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.